0: 17 minutes it is now before 8 p.m. If you just joined us, you tuned into a Metro FM Talk here on the mighty Metro. Now going to go into our top business stories of the day, taking a look at what uh, happened in the marketplace on this uh, Wednesday and uh, taking a look at the big stories that have moved markets uh, on this uh, Wednesday. Nolwantlim Tombeni, Analyst at Emergence Investment Managers, joins me now on the line to take a look at some of these stories. Nolwantlim, good evening to you and welcome.
1: Hi, Aibonga. How are you? I'm
0: good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm good,
0: thanks. Well, I want us uh, to kickstart there with uh, that story of uh, what's happening at uh, Capitec. Uh, They certainly, from a customer acquisition perspective, have hit the lights out over the last few years or so. And uh, having quite a bit to announce here. It might be uh, from their digitization strategy right through to their foray into the vehicle finance market, uh, where they uh, are allowing people now, I guess, to access... A much larger quantity of credit than what they are before in the unsecured space, but also withholding a dividend here yeah, and heeding the call uh, from the South African Reserve Bank uh, to preserve capital during these difficult times. So a lot coming out of Capitec. Yes, so oh, and
1: I forgot um, the pay cut? Yes, <laughs> well, it's not a pay cut really. It's uh, it's
0: yeah, well, the cash
1: bonus, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the thirty percent across like everyone else has been doing, but yeah, so. On the dividends being, um, you know, they obviously didn't declare it. Um, I must say just, you know, in terms of, you know, preserving capital and capital requirements, capital is actually the best capitalized bank of all of them. Mm. Um, You know, they certainly, you know, even on a worst case scenario, they have more than enough liquidity and, and, and capital reserves. So it's nothing to do with whether they needed to or, you know, I think it's really just there's a solidarity with all the banks mm. as well and to, you know, follow recommendations of the SAAB.
0: So I guess on the flip side, you're suggesting that they could have paid that dividend and still had enough capital to yes. weather out COVID-19.
1: Yes, definitely. they were more than enough. But I think in this kind of environment, we we want to see everyone, you know, showing this, you know, the, at least some sort of support through the mm. initiatives being done. As far as the new initiatives announced, um, you know, before we, you know, say they're going into cars, um, they are just providing personal loans to people um, through the car channel. Mm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, the big difference is that, you know, if you're going to get a personal loan for a car and you're paying 18%, that's 8% more than if you go through one of the, you know, big banks who have got. Uh, you know, a, a vehicle and, and an asset financing division. And that's because it's the difference between secured lending and unsecured. And unsecured is a much higher rate. Mm. So what Capitec is doing is that, you know, it's been very tough, you know, going out and providing people with personal loans and, and, and credit and credit cards. Um, You know, the market of that is, is very busy. But, you know, and they still want to have that high interest rate, which makes them profitable. So that is why they're going into the comp market Particularly second-hand vehicles, which is where you're seeing much more activity than new vehicle sales. And what they're doing there is that they're getting that higher interest rate by doing unsecured lending as opposed to secured. And I think with Capitech and the track record and the client base they have, um, it's going to be a very successful venture for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, when you look at them alongside some of the other entities here. We know uh, in the case of dividends, uh, I guess, you know, uh, if you've declared them, then there's a legal obligation on you to pay those dividends. And that's the case for some of those who declared uh, uh, dividends prior to the COVID-19 crisis. But uh, if we think about, you know, some of the others that are set to, uh, you know, have their full year results coming out a bit later, and maybe the declaration of dividends coming through then, uh, um, should we expect, I guess, 100% compliance with this uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a directive, but I guess a, a you know a very suggestive encouragement on the part of the Reserve Bank. Do you expect that everybody's going to do that? And especially in light of uh, how we've seen banking stocks perform, which uh, would have shaved uh, some market cap there, and also uh, the potential of some defaults uh, in the process as well. Ah, we seem to have lost. Seem to have lost. Uh, no there. Just as I was asking about defaults, seems the line defaulted on us. Eleven minutes now. It is before 8 p.m. and we continue with our wrap of the top business stories. Seems the line defaulted on us there, Noluantle. But uh, I was asking a question about some of the uh, other uh, counterparts for Capitec there in the banking and the financial services sector, uh, to whom I guess the you know the uh, suggestion by the registrar would apply, uh, and whether or not uh, in light of. I guess uh, some of the challenges that uh, banking stocks over the last uh, you know, few months uh, have had um, due to global uncertainty, but also the prospect of uh, much more defaults uh, on their balance sheet there in terms of uh, some of the credit that they've already extended. Uh, if we think about the layoffs, the retrenchments and some of the uncertainty this is going to have on many households.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was actually, you know, I did have a meeting with Capitec, you know, just this afternoon. And, you know, the current number as it stands now, I mean, they've got about, I think, about 1.3 million, you know, clients that are, they're offering credit to. And so far around 80,000 of them have already asked for some sort of um, relief in terms of the, for making payments on their loans. So, you know, but this is obviously, only a few weeks into it. Mm. So at this number, it's, it's, right now it's very small, but we expect, you know, for as long as this is, you know, prolonged into the, the lockdown, that number will go up. And, you know, you know, it is still really still too early to to tell. Um, the lockdown happened after a month in, so you know, you know, that payments would have gone through for many people. Didn't have any problems mm-hmm. there, but you know, the you know, the big numbers obviously not just the end of April but also May, especially. Um, even as people the economy recovers, it'll take a while, and you know, even if it goes longer than May, um, that's we're gonna have like you know some certainty in terms of how big the impact is from a banking perspective. Mm. But definitely um, the banks are all expecting, especially, you know, your, your small businesses um, and you know your consumers, especially those that are working in terms of retail, you know. So and the and the travel and restaurant sectors. So those sectors already. And um, but you know at this stage um, it's not quite clear how significant it is. Mm. Um, but they're definitely going to be you know some huge impairment losses that you know will be widespread across, um, you know all the banks. Mm.
0: So some tough times uh, we all ought to anticipate. And talking about the banks, uh, they uh, might play a massive role in the rollout of, uh, uh, you know, I guess uh, emergency income grants, similar to what has happened in Namibia, uh, if uh, indeed that does come through. But uh, what might... Uh, It seems uh, be a foregone conclusion is an increase in child support grants and potentially an increase in the old age pension grant and it seems Labour and business for once are batting on the same wicket on this issue. Uh, And uh, what do you make, I guess, of how uh, Minister Tito Mboweni addressed this matter in his remarks yesterday afternoon?
1: So I think you know he 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 obviously you know wants to see you know the social from a social perspective that you know wants to provide support to you know, the people that need it the mm. most. And I think, you know, he's also been quite a tough character in terms of that budget, you know. He's been very good at making the hard decisions. Mm. And as it stands now, um, he does understand, you know, you know how critical this is. And what I like is that this also comes on the back of, you know, the government declining to give SAA the additional $10 billion that they asked for. So I think we're also starting to see a reprioritization of, you know, what matters most. And, you know, how we obviously still have to take it to Parliament. But definitely it is, you know, it is, it is necessary in this in this kind of circumstance to be able to, you know, move around and make provisions to support the people that need it the most.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Take-A-Lot uh, for a second. Uh, I think across the world uh, during this lockdown period, we've seen that, that this has been a boon for many e-commerce players. Uh, but here in South Africa, they, uh, I guess, can only deliver on essential goods. Uh, and uh, Take-A-Lot has a- been able... Uh, to do that uh, uh, alongside the likes of ShopRite and uh, helping their Meteorite pharmacy uh, uh, chains to be able to deliver to our doorsteps. But they haven't been able to operate Superbulus. They haven't been able to operate uh, Mr. D Food. Um, and one would think that, uh, I guess, all of the other non-essential stuff that they have in their warehouses uh, has also not been able to reach uh, your doorstep. And uh, that's had a massive impact on their operations here. Let's talk about, uh, you know, how much of a knock they would have taken over the last while here. We've heard uh, some of the amounts bandied, about $350 uh, uh, in the last uh, three weeks or so. And, uh, uh, I mean, let's just engage that briefly alongside what else is happening in the e-commerce space globally. Uh, And are they justified to make the call that uh, actually there shouldn't be any restrictions on what they can deliver to our doorsteps?
1: So, you know, my criticism of that would be the fact that um, they are not doing... And They're not suffering in any manner than any other sector is suffering. Mm. So it's really nothing new. Everyone is suffering and every sector. You think it's the interested. same argument
0: the, the booze makers are making?
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's everyone. I mean, they really are. And, you know, quite different. You know, if you look at TechLock, they are an online retailer. Mm. So the matter of fact, they an online retailer. Whatever you're ordering there does not need to revive immediately. It's usually not usually nothing urgent. So you must understand the whole purpose of that. We've come into this lockdown, taking a very hard stance on what we are doing. And then eventually over time, these rules will get relaxed. Um, The fact that, you know, we've been pretty much quite successful um, and we didn't implement it the same way other countries do, which is okay. We don't necessarily have to, you you know, you know, be you know exactly a complete replica of any other country uh, of how they've done it. We use other countries as guidance in terms of what works and what doesn't, yes. and we need to apply it applicably into our economy and how it works. So, and you must realize one thing is that you know if take lot is on, it uh, has to work. That means that warehouse, a huge massive warehouses, needs people to be there working as well. You know and again that's what the government wants is that they're trying to avoid, you know, the gathering of people. Mm. So whatever place you open you must realize that it means that there's gonna be a gathering of people that have to come there and have to come to work. And we've already seen that shop and the checkers have had to be closed down in a hospital. So if a place that's providing essential services can come under risk and contaminated and so that they have to shut down and yeah, obviously the yeah. spread is high, I imagine mean, something that is non essential and then that happens.
0: Like a warehouse so, and a Playstation. I mean
1: I, I mean like, exactly Okay. So do you understand mm. the big, big difference
0: no, and
1: didn't. it's it's very small, like I said it's so small in our economy, it's very, very small, and obviously, you know the people that are using take a lot are okay, they are fine, you know, um you know the people that are that need any essential services, they're not even looking about take a lot, they're not saying, "Oh, I miss take a lot, you know mm. so I think you know it's in terms of the risk of priorities take a lot and the e commerce retail industry um delivering of you know it's usually usually you know. You know, whatever you find cool online, the Takealot has. It's you know, they need to just stay on the sidelines for yeah. this
0: one. But what, I mean, l- let's talk here just about uh, you know the industry itself. Uh, you know, we do know that this is, is a sector that uh, has some relative competition. I think there's a few players. Uh, you know, the likes of Order in uh, Mr. D. Um, when we think about last mile distribution in the food space, uh, but uh, you know, what lot I guess has its tentacles across. A wide array of sectors. It might be the delivery of apparel right through to the delivery of you know, the PlayStations that would sit in their warehouses through to the delivery of food uh, by way of Mr. D. Um, what happens after a shock like COVID? Uh, do you see a consolidation of the sector? Do you see a player like Take a Lot that has a common asset base that is able to, I guess, sweat it in different revenue points, uh, succeeding in that kind of uh, consolidation process? Uh, you know, What does the industry like this look like post-COVID?
1: So, you know, for food delivery space here, specifically in South Africa, um, it's usually got three main competitors and then everyone else is just, you know, we probably won't make it. And that it would be you likes of your Uber Eats, um, Take A Lot and, you know, your Delivery Extreme. Um, mm. So those are the few names. So, I mean, those guys, you know, when it, I mean, and they're large enough to be able to, you know, weather the storm. And I think that's what makes a big difference in this environment is that the bigger players will do okay. It's the really, really small, small players that will struggle. In terms of food delivery, that kind of business model, it is one of those business models where you can just pick up where you left off afterwards. You know, there is no, you know, you know, ramp up or anything like that. You know, you'll find that, you know, if I've been cooking for for 35 days Mm. and I'm tired of cooking, the first thing I'm going to do is order.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. So it's
1: going to pick up exactly. I mean, you talk about a V-shaped recovery. I think it will happen in the online, you know, online food delivery Mm. space. Is
0: it going back to pre-COVID levels, or is it, I guess, uh, overshooting uh, during to a surge in demand, as you're suggesting? I mean, uh, I've heard a lot of people who are saying. Uh, You know, the first thing they're considering is chicken wings after uh, the lockdown is is put down. Are we going to see trade at comparable levels to what we saw before this crisis or uh, uh, might we maybe see uh, an overshooting uh, from a demand perspective of what we would have seen before this?
1: So there's two kind of things to consider there. I mean, first thing is that what government will restrict. So in terms of you know how we go this, I think there, there is a scenario that has been you know put out there where there will be certain kind of restrictions you know post the you know any sort of you know ending of lockdown situation. Um, so it depends really on what the government has in place in terms of what is still available and how we're going to do you know the maybe ease restrictions post May or whenever it is. Mm-hmm. So that kind of depends. You know you know will they will they be the supply will there be Will it be there? The first thing, and to what extent will be there? You know, what will be a route to operate? So you know that's you know a large unknown. And second is you know consumers. You know, obviously there is um, the two elements of that is the income. So if people are still under pressure financially, then definitely it's going to take a while for the sector. I mean, the restaurant sector, fast food industry, to pick up. Um, so if also, still, you know, you know, incomes are quite under pressure. Um, but I think you can see certain segments winning more, like the likes of your KFCs will do much better than the likes of your Spurs in this kind of a situation. Oh. And then the third thing, obviously, there will be, you know, part of the consumers who will just immediately rush to go out and get out. So in terms of the farmers' scenarios, there are different scenarios that could play out depending on, you know, what happens when we come out there. How is the consumer in terms of the, the, the financial mm. health coming out there and what government has in place in terms of are we going to have some restrictions or are we just going to, you know, open up the, you know, floodgates and let the economy yeah. just
0: kickstart. And I guess that that's the next consideration. I mean, now mm. that we we've seen... You know, we saw what uh, Professor Karim was sharing with uh, uh, the South African public over the last day or so. I think the next Mm -hmm. consideration is how do you sequentially phase in a return to some semblance of normality when it comes to economic activity? And I think uh, uh, many... uh, um, within the presidency and within government will certainly be ceased uh, with uh, thinking about how that uh, takes place uh, and how we ensure that that, of course, doesn't uh, erode some of the gains uh, of the lockdown from a medical perspective that we've been able to sum up. Now, uh, one of the interesting things that has emerged during this lockdown is the number of TikTok videos that I've seen on social media. I I must say, uh, just uh, under a year ago, uh, I was in India and I was really, really shocked how big tiktok was there especially with the younger cohort and it seems it's taken root in a similar cohort here in south africa with uh, a lot of ama 2000 uh, uh, creating all manner of tiktok videos and uh, the company that owns tiktok um, Byte dance uh, they're the owner of this hit short video app uh, tiktok well it seems that they're upping the ante here and uh, uh, tr- looking to hire 40,000 new people by the end of 2020 what's happening here it seems like all other tech companies uh, are reducing their payroll and headcount, and ByteDance is moving in the opposite direction.
1: Yeah, so I remember just a few months ago, I think last year, we talked about this, and I had no idea what TikTok was. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, look where we are now. Um, so, in do you TikTok, have a TikTok you know, account? No, I don't know. I don't even have Instagram. I don't have I don't have any of those things, you
0: know. <laughs> okay.
1: So, um, you know, but I always see them on my WhatsApp timeline. But, you know, in terms of, you know, you you know, you need to strike while the iron is hot, especially in tech. Mm. You know, you need to run with momentum and it's as simple as that. Um, you know, you know, obviously it's it's they're the child in the spotlight now. We don't know how long mm. it'll last. Um, I think, you know, we've seen it with Snapchat before, it was I think, yeah, I think Snapchat was the last, you know, b- big fad there. Um, but, you know, it really, it's, it's nothing. I mean, I haven't seen anything that takes people's interest as much as, you know, the likes of Instagram. I think Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, they've been able to last the test of time. And that's what TikTok needs to do. Um, I'm not sure exactly, we know, you know, what they are for or anything of the sort. Mm. But, I mean, you know, in this environment where there, this is an opportunity and, you know, there really are, taking advantage of it. And I think they also need to make sure that they've got the systems and everything that goes into there. Ultimately, this is tech. And the worst thing you could have is like downtime that could happen right right now during when you, you know, or you're getting the numbers and you're getting the growth coming through. Yeah. Um, so they really do need to, you know, do the investment that is required um, to make them, lost past this coronavirus era and, mm. you know, being able to be sustainable. Also bring in some innovation because, you know, people, you know, get bored of the same thing. Yeah, you need yeah. to do whatever else, you know, you know, whatever happens on these social platforms.
0: So it's quite interesting, I mean, that I find that, you know, they, they, they've decided now that their business model is going to go beyond just, a you know, a short video app. Uh, targeted at uh, the younger cohort here, yeah, and that they're going to go uh, into video games, live streaming, commerce, and even enterprise software, which is probably going to put them up against uh, one of the you know uh, largest uh, companies in China, which is Tencent Holdings. Uh, Uh, which is Mm. also partly owned by South African uh, group uh, NASPERS or PROSUS or or whatever they call these days. Just talk to us about what that is going to mean in the Chinese market, because we do know that, yes, they might be competing uh, in China and that might be the terrain of the competition. But uh, you can definitely uh, imagine that it's going to have global dimensions and ramifications, uh, because anything that comes out of China at the scale of uh, uh, that particular market is certainly set uh, to be disruptive in other markets as well.
1: Well, thanks to smartphones, you can have five of the same type of apps on your phone at the same time. Mm,
0: mm.
1: And that's the big difference is that, you know, there's no sort of, you know, you don't have to choose whether you have a an a, a Instagram or a, or a TikTok. You can have both. So that makes it fundamentally quite a very different, you know, business model and that can allow them to have two big players. Um, you know, the problem comes when, you know, there are huge overlaps. And you know your competitors offering a much better product, and then that's where the big difference is. But if you can differentiate yourself quite distinctly to what your competitors doing, that makes all the difference. Mm. Um, you know, when you're a business, you know, I always, you know, you know, I always tell people that don't come in just with one offering. You always need to think three steps ahead in terms of okay, if this works. What else can I offer? I think before you even do anything, it's like writing a series, right? If you can have three mm. seasons. You think you just write maybe two seasons out and then, you know, always have something, otherwise you're going to be ah, there. But you I know, have multiple storylines,
0: man. Exactly. Gotta you know what I'm saying? Multiple
1: storylines. Otherwise, but then, you, you start with the random characters start coming up because mm. you can see people, it just doesn't work out. Anyway, but I mean, so it's really important for long term, you know, from even from a strategy point of view. I mean, all companies typically have a three to five year strategy. And in there, you know, that's where you use it to kind of think, you know, what's the next level? What will take the company to the next level? Competition will always be there to stay, and it's mm. part of doing business. But, you know, the tech space, I think there's more than enough space for many players. Sure. Um, Especially as, you know, you know, Africa penetration is still quite low compared to the world. Mm. So there's still part of the market that needs to be tapped into exactly. even outside of China.
0: Exactly. And if you think about, for instance, the teleconferencing space and how massive mm. the opportunities are now, uh, with the school having to start off now... Uh, uh, happening mm. remotely and uh, even commerce and even you know telemedicine and every other uh, thing, then there's massive opportunities for players exactly. like this uh, who mm. already have a foot in the door. Nolwantle, always a pleasure catching up with you. We'll have to leave it there, but thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. My pleasure. Awesome stuff. That there was uh, Nolwantle Mtombeni. Uh, she's an analyst at Emergency Investment Manager, speaking to us this evening for our wrap of the top business stories.